0: Hi guys, my name's Adele Yango, and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Fam, this is episode 50. So for the last 50 weeks, I have been giving you an episode every Monday. Didn't matter if I missed my flight and I was stranded in New York. <laughs> Whew! hey, we've been through things. I made sure you got an episode. It didn't matter where I was, what my schedule looked like. One thing that was very important to me to do and to do well was to make sure every single Monday you have an episode of Legally Clueless to listen to. And it was something that I remember when I was starting this podcast, I was like, this is going to teach me consistency. Not that I flake out of things because I'm not hardworking. No, I really think I'm hardworking. But I do this thing where I let fear get the better of me. And I'm pretty sure you do it too. And so I will look for a reason to justify why i shouldn't dare to try so i'll just be like let's say episode five got like five people listening i'll be like you see nobody cares nobody likes your shit there's no point to this just stop doing it blah 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 and then that fear leads me to flake out so i really wanted to stop doing that in my life and that was one of the underlining reasons that i started this podcast so i'm excited that for 50 weeks Fear has not gotten the better of me, even though like, let me tell you, sometimes before I upload an episode, I'm just like, oh, I'm not sure this was good enough. I'm not sure people will care. (laughs) And I have all of these fears around it, but I'm constantly like, nope, this fear is not going to stop me from uploading this episode. And I think I shared it on my Insta stories last week that sometimes we have ideas and things we want to actualize and we talk ourselves out of starting for various reasons. Obviously, there's fear, there's self-doubt, there is maybe, and this happened to me when I was about to launch my initiative, the Adelon Yango Initiative. So basically, it runs like an NGO, right? And I told it to somebody, somebody who I really respected. They couldn't see the vision, they couldn't see the rationale behind what I was trying to do. And they completely rubbished the idea. And it it really broke me because I was just like, okay, maybe I shouldn't quit my job. <laughs> maybe I just need to like stay in this job that's killing me. Forget all of these things that I want to do with youth and women. Maybe that's also happening to you. Like you share your idea with somebody who just doesn't get it. But what I've learned is that you're the one who's meant to get it. And you are enough. <laughs> right and you're enough and if you get it that's cool because even like shopping our idea around to see people's reactions to it i think it's like fueled by fear we're waiting for that person to say no and then we're like okay you know that guy said no so it means i shouldn't do it but even you just going around telling people about it you were looking for that no out of fear does that make sense oh my god it just hit me that that's a thing yeah So I don't know what it is you're trying to actualize. I don't know what idea you're trying to bring to life. But I think just start. You start with what you have. You start with what you know. I'm still trying to figure out this thing. I'm still trying to figure out even just like my microphones. (laughs) Still watching tutorials. Realized for a couple of episodes I was using them wrong. (laughs) But I'm learning, right? and 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 I'm just accepting that I'm not all knowing, hence the name of this podcast, I guess. But I'd like to send out a few shout outs um, to people who have been tagging me on Instagram as they listen to the podcast. Minor Mind, I saw your message so sweet, Kit. Mad love to you, my sister. There is Crispin Lokiti who constantly is listening to the podcast and showing about it. Wangari Thatcher, Samoina K, Lydia Mwende, these um, Filling My Cup. It's your Instagram name, not your government names, I guess. <laughs> so, you know, whenever I, I come across all of these Insta posts that you tag me in as you're listening to the, the podcast or on Twitter, Especially if you use the hashtag Legally Clueless, it's easy for me to see them. It really warms my heart because it means I'm doing something impactful. Yes, I am fulfilled doing this. Yes, I am enjoying this journey. And yes, I am just like, wow, this podcast is growing. Like it's gone on tours and blah, blah, blah. It's just so affirming when I come across your messages where you've been impacted by either something I've said or a story that was on the episode or a conversation that we had, like last week's episode with um, Linda. I'm just like, wow, we are doing a thing, you know what I mean? And the energy is so right, so I'm always so thankful when I come across your messages. So remember a couple of episodes ago, I told you that I'm now handling every aspect of my brand and, you know, the product which includes even pitching and the proposal writing, which I'm not complaining about. I'm actually really enjoying it, weirdly enough. And I say weirdly because sometimes we tell ourselves that we're not good at doing a particular thing. Then we're okay just not being good. We're not even like trying or we're not even trying to read up on how can we be better. We're just like, ah, 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 me, me business, business. I can't do, I can't do it. And then you find yourself attaching yourself to other people to do something for you that honestly, if you tried, you could do yourself. So I came up with this creative idea. I pitched it to a client and they approved it. I was just like, what? Okay. All right. (laughs) This feels really good. Like I, I, I put in all the work and then there's an outcome at the end. It feels amazing. So I'll break it down for you. International Women's Day is on the 8th of March. It's a really important day, especially for me, who talks about two things, women's issues around gender-based violence, A, and secondly, about my own personal journey as an African woman and the things that I've experienced and the things I'm trying to navigate through and, and overcome. So that's a very important day for those two fronts. So this year, Two Rivers Mall in Nairobi reached out to me and they wanted me to give a talk. And I was like, this is very interesting. But what I wanted to do this year was to celebrate a woman's best friend. So if you think about it, a woman's best friend is her safe space. You know, It's where we keep our secrets, where we go to get truths, where we go to have real conversations, get advice. This Women's Day, I wanted to be able to celebrate that because even on this podcast, I have had my best friend Val come on the podcast, I think three, four times now. So I thought it would be interesting. Instead of just giving a talk during Women's Day, why not have my best friend of 15 years, who has all my secrets, (laughs) knows everything that I've gone through in life, ask me questions and me and her have a real conversation with you as well. So that's what we're going to do on the 8th of March at Two Rivers Mall at 2 p.m. Val, my best friend of 15 years, is going to interview me and you are invited. So we're going to be talking about, you know, changing careers, how... I've navigated grief, how I've navigated heartbreak, which is a thing that I I never talk about, by the way. (laughs) But of course, Val has been there through all my very many heartbreaks. (laughs) We're going to talk about marriage. Another thing that I, I don't really talk about publicly, but with Val, I'm constantly telling her about my ideas on love and how my understanding of love has shifted drastically over the last say four years we're going to talk about purpose and trying to find purpose in life and how has that been for me i think it's going to be so cool this we have never done val and i have done many things but she has never interviewed me live on stage in front of an audience. So it's going to be a first for us. And I would love you to be there. So it's going to be happening at the Two Rivers Mall on the first floor near LC Waikiki at 2 p.m. And it's absolutely free. I want us as women to be able to celebrate our best friends. Even if your best friend is a guy bring him along so come through with your best friends 2 p.m lcy kiki first floor right outside it at the two rivers mall we're going to do something absolutely new for this international women's day so i'm super excited about that and i'm super excited that this is something that i came up with i pitched and the client was like hey This sounds pretty dope, so I'm proud of myself for that. I'm proud that I get to do this with Val, and I'm proud that I get to do this with you. So I really can't wait to see you there on the 8th of March at 2 p.m. Don't be tardy. We'll actually start on time. If you know my best friend Val... (laughs) You know that she does not play around when it comes to timekeeping, my friends, right? And this is all under the banner of something that Two Rivers Mall have been doing for the past couple of weeks, which is celebrating women under the banner of We Love Women. And I thought it would be nice to celebrate a woman's best friend as well. As you're thinking about which of your many best friends you're going to bring, thank God I only have like a small circle (laughs) I never have those problems. (laughs) Um, We're going to get right into the 100 African story for this week. Last week, there was no story, but it was pretty dope having Linda on the podcast. But this week, there's a storyteller talking about fatherhood. It's no secret. I've said this often that I am petrified of having kids. And I remember uh, my therapist asking me to really investigate where this fear comes from. Currently, what... We've narrowed it down to is I really don't want to do the whole parenting thing without my mom being there. <sighs> i hard really had <laughs> I wasn't like intending to talk about my mom because tomorrow Monday is her birthday. And you know it's like my life progresses and I'm I'm doing all of these very adult things, right? So even like the two rivers thing. <sighs> It would have been so good to have my mom there with me. You know, I think about her birthdays because birthdays are really big for my family. We always have like a dinner for the birthday girl. So be it myself or my sisters. And we'd always do the same for my mom. And it would always be so fun going to shop for like what gift would we give her? So, on key days like either her memorial or her birthday or Christmas, her absence is very heightened. So, um, I'm already feeling that her birthday is going to be a heavy day for me emotionally. I'm already feeling that I'm probably going to be crying most of Monday, and um, you know, I'm scheduling my meetings around that. And the worst part is that nothing will make it better because, you know, making it better for me would be my mom coming back and nobody can perform that miracle. So there's no words anybody can say. (sighs) But I guess hugs work. So if you see me on Monday or this week, just give me a really long hug because her absence is very heightened. Yeah, but I was not even meant to go on that tangent um, for this episode. But yeah, um, you know, that's one of my fears about parenting anyway. On 100 African Stories, Bruce, um, who is doing something so amazing. So he has started a safe space for dads to talk about dadding differently. I'm going to put a link to their Twitter page in the episode description. It all stemmed from him feeling like he had no guidance. Oh my God, so that's linked to my fear. Yeah, having no guidance when he became a dad. And I just love that in sharing his story he allowed us into very vulnerable space in his life a hundred african stories there is no proper life that you live in university as a musician if i constantly just walked around feeling sorry for myself i'm never gonna get anything done
1: uh, There there's a bit of frustration in between all of that i've been breaking
0: my back for this company therapy is not for the weak or for the crazy
1: stories from africa okay, my name is bruce i'm from nairobi kenya so I guess I'll use Bruce. Nothing different. I got married. Then we got lucky enough to be like, "Yo, are you ready to move this relationship to the next next level?" Like, cool. Yes. So we got even luckier. Like, three months later, we were pregnant. Three months after the wedding, and I remember the first experience that made me realize we are pregnant. We had gone to Meru yeah. randomly. Yeah. My birthday was in June. My wife always takes me somewhere for my birthday. Yeah. I saw my wife deep in morning sickness first of all it's not morning sickness eh? it's sickness perpetually throwing up perpetually unwell can't keep food down you know that whole it was it wasn't fun for her that's when i was like yo this baby is coming eh?" so i started getting scared Mm. in hindsight that's that's you know in hindsight so i started getting scared so i'm wondering now what next now you start wondering am i going to be a good dad Mm. am i going to raise this child am i going to be a good something leader in this home you know so i look at my my old man my old man is a best friend Mm. i look at him and wonder how did he get there and as much as he's my best friend i didn't know how to i didn't even know the questions I had i just know i had questions so then i'd look at my friends who've gone before me in terms of marriage and kids i was like we've we've never talked about it they've you know they've done it but not recorded anyway. So um, it's like I'm starting afresh. You know, that's what now started getting me worked up, that yeah. every person who gets married, every person who gets a child, from a guy's perspective, it's a blank slate. Mm-hmm. You have no guidance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So just keep going, kept going, kept going. Now, fast forward to her delivery, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, yeah? <laughs> uh, Yo, yeah? I it was a Thursday, Thursday morning. Thursday morning, I left Left the house, I'm an early person, so I left probably at around six. The rich work she calls me because she had been having a bit of pain. Then she called me and she's like, Babe, I am I, I feel like this is labor because she didn't feel pain, she didn't even express any pain. But this time she was like, Babe, this is labor. So I drove back, came back to the house, picked up. We went to the guy, so we reached the guy. Then the guy comes, he's like, ah, Be easy, this is nothing. So I'm like, Yeah, what do you mean it's nothing? <laughs> what do you what does that mean? I was like, relax, I was like, sir, so fine. So we went back home, we chilled, we chilled, we chilled. Of course, pains, pains the whole day. No techno this from 6 a.m. Eh? So pains, pains, all the way till night. Till around 8, 9 p.m. So we sat back and we said, we're going to hospital tonight. So we'll wake up in the middle of the night and we'll go to hospital. We went to Aga Because again, we were going to deliver in Agakan. We went to Khan at Khan at around midnight. But now just before that... She, had, she was in constant communication with her best friend. Her best friend was like, "I will find you guys there." The whole day she was talking to her best friend, and of course, her mom. And my mom was, of course, in play. I was feeling, I was feeling a gap. I was feeling like there's a gap because I didn't know. I was generally scared. In mm-hmm. hindsight, not then. I don't even know what is going on. Eh? Yeah. I was very scared. I didn't know how to support. Mm-hmm. It's very stressful watching your wife in pain, and is there's nothing? Absol- absolutely nothing you can do. So the best friend told us, when we, when, we, when we were at home, the best friend told us, you guys call me when you're going to the hospital, so that I join you guys. So we, uh, I slept, I napped. <laughs> oh, of course, she didn't sleep, because eh? she would sleep and be woken up by pain. So take note that from 6 a.m., she's not eating. So this is, she wakes me up at around midnight and let baby go like, right, cool. Get ready, we leave. So I wake up and I see like a million missed calls from my best friend. So she's asking, so I tell her, yes, we're going now. So go to the can. First of all, you know, the guy has to allow the hospital to admit you. Because otherwise, you're just spending time there and you're not ready. So I was hoping and praying because hoping and praying, the guy says we can be admitted. So finally he said, fine, just admit these guys. So we were there, the best friend came. The best friend reached her before. Then her mom joined us. So we're there, just, it's like a desert place where people talk about. Is it purgatory? Purgatory. Purgatory, yes. So it's purgatory. We're in purgatory. Limbo. Limbo. <laughs> so just there, the nurses. The nurses, I imagine them, they're thinking, these guys are not ready. Yeah. So let's just stay with them here. That time, my life is shaking. You know, I don't know how to explain. I feel pain, but... The contractions come and she's shaking like a leaf. We stay, we stay on, stay on, stay on, till I think now we've finally taken the room at around, I think, four or something. In short, she was in labor for 36 hours. To take you back, I've never held an infant in my life. I've always been scared of kids. I always think I'd break them. The youngest kid I've held is my nephew. He was probably two years old then. And when I was shown pictures, I was just frozen. So fast forward, she gave birth without any issues successfully and... We thank God when the child is out yeah. <laughs> the child is out. I've held my daughter, I didn't know I was holding her. It's my foot told me, babe, you're holding Zana. I was like Jesus. Like it was so natural. Like I just picked up this dot of a human being. So anyway we stay in hospital two more two, two more days. So on the day we are getting discharged, my mom drives behind us. Now now we go to our place. So she prays for us and she's like, Okay guys, cheers. Both. now it's my wife and i and a dot of a human being who is fragile as shit that was the most scariest thing i've <laughs> ever gone through because i didn't now i don't know so now what i have no history no book to read nothing mm. okay. so that point i kept telling myself i hate everyone who's had a child Every man who's at a child, they've not told me what it entails. That's the emotion I had then. So to take you back a bit, when she was pregnant, I went for a very important class. It's called Intentional Dads. It's run by Simon Baby. Pastor Simon. She's a guy who does uh, money enough and blah, blah, So I remember in that class, I was the youngest. It's fathers and grandfathers. Staying on, it was weekday Thursdays, 5 to 8 p.m. Men sitting, wanting to stay on till 10, to just talk. Strangers. Yeah. Just talk about their father experiences, how it was positive and negative, how they lacked, how that affected. So it was a very, a very, very new experience, and I imagine even new for the facilitators because that was season one. To me, that's the biggest book in quotes that I've ever received to date because it, you know, it really prepped me from a stranger perspective eh, on what to expect and all that. So anyway, so now later when the child is growing up, a few months, few months, I was like, nah, man. There Has to be some form of guidance mm. because I want I want so much for this girl, but I don't know, I don't know, you know, I don't know where to get it from. That's when I was like, I can't be the only guy surely mm-hmm. who's going through this. Total was nine months because I remember I reached out on Twitter in October randomly. I was just like, I see many people getting good things off Twitter, in as mm-hmm. much as they are bad things. Yeah. there's a lot of positivity here. So just, just sent her I said to it, was like, are there groups people know of which can offer some support mm-hmm. for a young dad trying to? trying to you know figure this thing out. I got a lot of responses, both from my mentions and DMs. So you'd find the guys who reaching out would be a man, a stranger, telling you hi, and they not just say hi. My name is Bruce. It's hi. My name is Bruce. This is my situation. You know, you know, hard it is for a man to give you a situation. Yeah. These are strangers, telling you is where I'm at. I'm married or I'm divorced or I'm co-parenting. Mm. And I don't know what to do. They, like, tell me, even me. If you find, point me. Yeah. If you find, point. That was the whole feedback i was getting i was like you know what fuck it how about i start let me just curate let me start a group then we can now plug it i was like fuck it i'm starting a group reach out so many guys reached out so that time i'm doing what he's saying pitching i do not know what i'll do with all these numbers i have eh? i have no idea so i get numbers i get numbers it was it was a Friday. When i was showing my wife then she was like so now nah? <laughs> so she's like uh-huh. are you going to start i was like i'll start it tomorrow So Friday came, passed, just getting responses. So following day, I was like, I'll start it. So I started, I opened a group, then I started adding guides. But I told myself, I want it to be a number that I can kind of manage. I don't even know what that means. Mm -hmm. But like, when I reach a number that I know I can manage, I'll stop there. So I added, 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 added. I hit 50. I was like, I'll stop there. So Saturday passes, and Sunday, I'm like, okay. I used to write, so I'm I'm good with words. So I just wrote some long, long short text. I was like, yo, thanks guys for, for being vulnerable enough to reach out. Let's see what we can come up with here together. Because like, you know, I'm making it very clear, I'm not a leader. I have I have no idea what I'm doing, but clearly I'm not alone. Yeah. So let's find a way. So how I do it is I create triggers using my experience. So I'd be like, uh, today this is what happened. Then. Everyone chimes in with the experiences because you'll find for guys it's very hard to to communicate. So I found a way. I don't even know how I found it, but starting with an experience like my daughter nearly choked. You see at that point, if you're alone, you think this is the end of the world. Then when you just give it, you find everyone there has gone through that. Yeah. So, you know, such such stories, when you share amongst each other, you realize, yo, these human beings, this is how they grow up. Mm-hmm. It's just normal experiences. First time they walked, first time, you know, you'd, you'd find to talk about pooping, you know, about anything under the sun. But the whole core of it is supporting each other, working together, not solutions. Because we don't have solutions. We're not shrinks, eh? But just working together. So I also try to meet a fellow dad every. Two, three weeks for breakfast. We just kick it, with link. It's easier because it's easier for the guys I know than for strangers. So I'm like, yo, let's do breakfast. So we just sit, talk, exchange ideas, exchange notes. Like this worked, this didn't work, you know, and just share notes. And the whole purpose of all this del for me is documenting experiences and to ensure that the next guy doesn't have to feel alone, then have to feel Lost because it's such a it's such a massive thing for me I have come close to quitting my job I think twice this past year not because of anything wrong at work but because I just want to be with my daughter It's the most important thing for me so I feel like everything else is just getting in the way so the only thing it's just that it provides eh? <laughs> that's the thing it provides so at least our schedule my, my schedule and mine allows us a lot of time with the kid but still. And feel enough because you'll find it's very stressful because the, a child's first person is a mom. That's a first. That's a first bond because of breastfeeding, I guess, and that you came out of her. So for you, for me rather, it's it's like you know, think of a guy vibing you eh? and you're saying no. That's how it feels. That's how it feels initially. And at least in Teshal, that's the class taught us that that's how it is initially. And that's when I was like, no, he's probably. When a lot of men disengage. Because it's rejection. Over every day, you're being rejected. That's when you disengage. Then you never come back. Because you see, the child needs you there. If you're not there initially, you'll never have a relationship. So at least that class taught me that for a period of time, for maybe two years, two, three years, it's a mom. Then later they come to the dad. But you see, the dad has to be there. They have to know you and know your scent and know your everything. And you have, a, you have to have a relationship with them from the word go, so that they're able to feel comfortable. Because you can think these people don't know anything. They are very discerning. Things like that, you know, just to be able to share that experience with the next person and for them to give me their experience. Because that's what now helps us to be present. That's where that different thing came from. And the healthy aspect, because I used to ask, let's start different and let's start healthy. The healthy dad, the aspect of it is, some of these things, you know, it's, I don't want to call it, it's a mental state, you need to be fully Happy as a guy and as a dad, because that seeps through to the child. You need to enjoy the experience. It's very hard to do it because what are you doing? What are you there for? Because if my wife, for instance, would wake up to breastfeed, what I what's your place? eh? But you see, so you find a way to keep reminding yourself that I need to wake up as well for support. You see, because there'll be snippets where the kid will look at you, then come to you. You know things like that. eh? But you need to be there because if my wife. He's not happy with me, boss. Eh? It's not a joke. Eh? It's—I mean—it's not funny, and it's not a because her. She's whatever I think I'm going through or I've gone through, she's gone through mm. ten times. So it's very important because I don't want. I also I figure a lot of men lose their women at that point during the pregnancy experience, and I admit so many of my wife's friends afterwards, and I tell them yo. This pregnancy thing, if you can avoid doing it alone, I mean don't don't do it alone. It's not it's not a joke. The nine it's ten months possible. It's not nine months, It's a lie. The ten months are a trip. So if you don't have that support, it can be a lot. I had no fears before talking to my wife and saying or us talking and saying, let's try for a kid. So when he you said we're trying, I was like, ah, it's easy. when she said she was pregnant, I was like uh, you know what does that mean? You know, it's very it's very out there. The fear for me is a human being fully dependent on me and probably their life could go left or right because of me. The, in, you know there's a, a quote-unquote default relationship between a mom and a child. At least it feels that way. There seems to be so many dad stories negative. Our folks' generation, they had us probably at our age or younger. So by the time I was, by the time my dad was 29, I'm the last one. By the time my dad was 29, I was already born. So he was just a guy. He's just a guy. He's not a superman. He's just yeah. a guy. Trying to adult. Then all of a sudden, you have three kids and a wife and you're supposed to figure this thing out. You'll fuck up. Thing is, with a kid, that slight misstep can take, turn their life around. That was my biggest fear. That is my biggest fear till now. Um... Another fear is navigating, you know, it's two roles. It's husband and father. We were talking earlier and you are saying, you know, figuring out how to live with someone is a consistent figuring out. That in itself is a lot. Now, add another layer. That's another lot. eh? (laughs) So I did not know how it will go. I did not know. For all you know, maybe it would have broken my relationship with my wife. Yeah. Maybe I would have fucked up. Maybe I wouldn't have been supportive. So should yeah. have hated me. You know, yeah. like there were so many things I was going through. I was like, now, what happens here? Then now, take it to the friends, the friends friendship levels. It's not their bad. They've not done anything wrong. But there was a gap. As it turns out there was a guy I was chilling with the most when I was engaged. He's not married. He did not have a child.
0: Yeah.
1: But he was the most emotionally supportive guy, she's interesting so sometimes you just find it but I wanted to be that to people, mm. to the next person, yeah. to the next guy so I really try my best even amongst my friends to share what we're going through in terms of parenting, the positives the negatives, the fears the wins also to get them to to understand that there's a space there's a space, but you see many guys are not receptive because it's weird, what is that so you'll find I'll get more feedback from strangers than from people around me. Growing up, I'd remember we'd we'd take drives, my dad would move around a lot. So I was used to drives and I started loving driving, taking road trips and I'd always ask, we'd always ask, where is that? Who is that? Like Mm -hmm. all those questions and my dad would always have an answer. So that's how I learned being a man is always have answers. Always know if your kid asks you, where is that? I'd never had. I don't know. Maybe he'd even lie. Who knows? Eh? <laughs> I think what I tell guys is it's okay not to know. It's okay not to know how you do this. There's a lot of power in that because that way you'll be able to seek some knowledge, some advice, some counsel of some sort. Because I think that's what really helped me that I was like, yo, I do not know mm. what the fuck I'm doing. I've not been a dad before. I don't know what to do. That's what helped me too. Go for the class. Yeah. That's what led me to. Reach out to guys who yeah. give me a lot of support. So it's fine not to have all the answers. Do something about it. Just reach out to the next person. You'll be surprised, as you say, Adele. You know, don't know who's going through this. Catch our next
0: African stories in the next episode. I don't know. Maybe it's because I've never been, especially now, I don't think I have any male friends who have kids. Oh, my God. Actually, yeah, I don't right now. I do have one who's about to have a child. I should actually send him this episode because I've never had that conversation with a guy about becoming a father and what the fears around that moment really are and the gap of not having a safe space to get some sort of guidance. I always say this. I feel like women, we have organized ourselves really well. And we're currently organizing ourselves really well by putting up all of these safe spaces and blah, blah, blah. And I think men could learn a lot from us in that respect because surely there must be fears outside of being a provider that a man goes through when he finds out he's going to be a dad. And you've got to be intentional about it. So if you check the episode description, I will put a link to Bruce's daddying differently Page in case you're currently going through that or you know somebody who's going through that, you can share that with them. And I just need to remind you that Legally Clueless Tans one year old on the 18th of March. That is a Wednesday, and we are going to be celebrating by throwing a storytelling party at Lava Latte in Nairobi. So Lava Latte is a pretty, pretty dope restaurant. It's on State House Road. Honestly, you should check them out. They are so, like the art pieces on the wall, the vibe in the space is just right. And so at 7pm, 18th of March, we're going to be at Lava Latte. A storytelling party is this. Some of the storytellers you've heard on Legally Clueless episodes are going to be performing their stories live. Yeah. And I know some of you enjoyed the story by, say, Kadzo, who talks about buying a guy cottons worth 75,000 shillings. <laughs> She's going to be performing that story live. Some of you remember the story by Abby, where she... Shared about dating a guy who stole money from her. I keep people have gone through things. She's also going to be one of the storytellers. Entrance is absolutely free. 7 p.m. Lava Latte on the 18th of March. We're celebrating Legally Clueless turning one year old at a storytelling party. And there's also going to be space for you in the audience to share your stories as well so we can form those human connections through our stories. So Come on through, let's have a good time, let's celebrate one year of Legally Clueless on the 18th of March at 7 p.m. at (laughs) Labelate. Just gotta repeat that in case you didn't get it but I'll put all of that information in the episode description as well. And that's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.